Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom their master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely I say to you, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Verse 38, And if he should come in a second watch or come in a third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 41, Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? The Lord said, Who then is a faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household, to give them their portions of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all he has. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and in an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two, and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with a few. For everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. What I believe is happening here is we see a spiritual progression of developing faithfulness, and if you're successful, you'll be promoted. And here he was promoted from a servant to a ruler. So let's take a look at it. Verse 35 through 40, it talks about we being the servants of the master's house. This is a breakdown of our spiritual progression of faithfulness, and eventually we will be promoted from servant to ruler. In verse 35, it said, let your waist be girded. In other words, we need to be dressed and ready for action. We need to be awake. We need to be ready. We've got to have our lamps burning. And we have to be like men and women who wait for their master, that when he comes and knocks, we're going to be ready to open the door immediately. Now, interestingly, the burning lamps in Hebrews 9.2, it says, for the tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand. So, when you walked into the tabernacle that Moses built in the wilderness, when you walked into it, the first thing you saw was the lamp, and that lamp is to remain burning. So that's really the first part. This lampstand represents the Holy Spirit burning in our lives, the fact that we're maintaining this love relationship with Christ. This reminds me of the story in Matthew 25 about the wise and foolish virgins, where it says in verse 6, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, 
But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. You see, we have a door. The Lord is coming. You know, in this story, the master's coming from a wedding. It's his house, and he's coming to his door. He's knocking, wanting his servants to open up the door. So we have to be ready to open the door when he comes. But in this story here with the with the foolish virgins, it talks about the door was shut, meaning the Lord also, he has a door. So he's coming to our door. He's saying, are we ready? Are we prepared? But in this story, he has a door too, and he can shut that door. So we need to be very aware of that. The wise virgins, they had oil. They, they kept their lamps burning. They were functioning in this first part of the tabernacle. They didn't let their lights go out. Verse 37, it says, the Lord, right, he will, he will gird himself and have them sit to eat and will come and serve them. You'll notice that many times you can trace what the Lord Jesus is doing and saying directly to the Old Testament or to the New Testament. So let's take a look at the New Testament. In Luke 9, verse 13, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all the people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, make them sit in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. And he took the five loaves and two fish, looking to heaven, blessed them, broke them, gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. What's going on in this story? The Lord's having them sit down. See, the Lord will come, gird himself, have them sit down to eat, and he will come serve them. I always used to think of this, well, we're, we need to be, the Lord's going to come. We don't know when he's coming, but we have to get up, open the door, be ready. But in this story, he makes them sit down, right? Which he says in the story, I will come, have them sit down and eat, and I will serve them. So in this story, it's the Lord serving them. He's using the disciples to actually distribute the food, but the Lord's there. The Lord is feeding them. And at the same time, we're seeing the disciples, they're in training for reigning over his house. He's, he's discipling them. He's training and preparing them. He's saying, will you be faithful servants? Because when I'm gone, I have to put you in charge of my household. This is really, this is training for reigning and how they are to serve the body. Verse 38, he could come in the second watch, third watch, but will he find them watching? See, blessed are the servants who are watching. Proverbs 8.33 says, hear instruction to be wise, do not disdain it. Blessed is every man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. This is the Lord drawing, I believe, drawing from the Old Testament. We don't know when he's coming. I personally have had times where the Lord has come in the night season to wake me up, to pray, to intercede, to pray through, to have me open my Bible so that he can speak to me and shed light on things that he wants me to be aware of. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Well, we all want favor, but we have to be ready for his arrival. We have to have our, our, our garments girded for service. Our lamps need to be burning. We have to be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. In other words, he's coming. He's knocking on our door. He's looking to come into our house. He wants to be with us. See, we're his house. This is the story here is with the servant. 
It's a personal relationship that we have with the Lord. He wants to come. He wants to speak to us. He just wants us to be ready and waiting for him. Verse 39, but know this, that if the master of the house, which is our body, it's our personal walk with the Lord, had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Well, a lot of people think, well, you know, the Lord does come like a thief in the night. And in this story, the thief is not the Lord. This is the ruler of darkness. Well, how do you know that? Because in the, earlier in the story, the servant's master, he's knocking on the door. Here, the thief is breaking in. The Lord doesn't break into our house. See, the thief breaks in or he sneaks in through an opening. Well, how does that happen? Well, John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief. Darkness always wants to break in upon our life. The Lord, speaking in John 14, 30, said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. What the Lord is saying is, Satan is Satan's coming, and he's looking to find something in me that he can use to accuse. So that's what the enemy does. He wants to break into our life. He wants to cause us to be unprofitable servants. He wants us to become unfaithful servants. He wants us to go to sleep. He doesn't want us to be awake and prepared for when the Lord comes and knocks. So he wants to find a way to get something of his nature in us so that he can use that to break into our house and gain a foothold. Of course, the Lord has come to destroy the works of the evil one, but the enemy is always there trying to find an opening in our life. This is why when we're waiting before the Lord, we keep our lamps burning, our, gar our garments girded, and we're like men, then we're protecting our house, which is the Lord's house, so that when he comes, we're ready. Verse 41, Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? The story shifts. The Lord's going to introduce stewardship. 42, the Lord said, who then, or whosoever? So what the Peter's asking, hey, is this just to us or is this to everybody? And the Lord is saying, it's to whosoever will. Who is the faithful and wise steward? See, a faithful and wise steward, he's a person who looks after others. So the story is shifting from the servant who's waiting for the master to return from this wedding, and he's to be have his, his girded for service and open the door and let him come in, and the Lord's going to have a meal with him, and he's going to serve him. That's our personal relationship, our personal fellowship and community and devotion and intimacy with Christ alone. That's our personal walk after we get saved. And the Lord starts to talk about what the disciples were being prepared for when they were feeding the multitude. See, the Lord had them sit down. He's feeding them, but he's using the disciples to distribute the food. So the Lord wants to feed his people. He wants to meet those through our life that are in this servant relationship with him that he wants to come. He can meet with them privately in the night season in their home, but other times the Lord is doing it throughout the day in our meetings, wherever, however, whenever he wants to do it. But he's looking for those who are wise and faithful, whom his master right, will make ruler over his household to give them their portions of food in due season. 
Well, what's that? That's that's where we're providing their food at the right time. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. He will make him ruler over all that he has. So now we're shifting from a just a servant to a steward to a ruler over all that the Lord has. Revelation 2.26, He who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Many times we read these scriptures and we say, okay, this is in the sweet by and by when we get to heaven. Well, I think Revelation 2.26 is a future word about if we keep, he says, if you keep my works till the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Well, that that's, you know, that's for future millennial living, kingdom living, you know, we go to be with the Lord. But it can also be working here in our life at this time. But you notice that the Lord is saying, you know, keep my works. We always start, you know, in our works, our good works. We want to, you know, we read the scriptures, we see how we're supposed to live or to be kind and nice to people. Then we do that. We serve one another and we're faithful. But then the Lord works us through this servant relationship where he's finding us faithful. When he comes to us, we're ready, we're prepared, we're girded for service, we're getting up, we're open, we're saying, yes, Lord, come in, I'm ready. And then we're having this intimate fellowship with him where we're dining together. And then through that, the Lord brings us into a stewardship relationship where he says, if you're faithful and wise, I'll make you a steward. That's a person who looks after others. And then he'll make us a ruler over what? Over his household. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. In so doing, we have to come in to provide the portion of food or spiritual substance to his household at the right time. Those are the ones that are blessed when he finds, you know, uh, those overseers, those pastors, those leaders, those ministers fulfilling his works, keeping my works. So we're moving from our good works to his good works because it's his house and he knows how to take care of it. But he's he's saying you can rule now and even in the future you can you will rule over nations if you're found faithful because you've been faithful to a little little command and I'll you know make you ruler over much. So we're transitioning from a servant to a steward or a ruler status. In John, the Gospel of John chapter fifteen verse fifteen, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I have called you friends. For all things I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. The Lord's ministry, he's preparing his disciples. He's moving them from servanthood into friendship status, or really into steward or rulership status. So it says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't really know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. What's the difference between a servant and a friend? Well, a servant meets the Lord, we get up, he's knocking, we open the door, we're ready, our, our lamp is burning, our garments are prepared for service, and we're waiting on the Lord, we're having fellowship. But when we come into friendship status or stewardship status, this is where he starts talking to us about all the things that he's heard from his father. Well, that's that's the kingdom rule and reign. See, we're transitioning into promotion. All things I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. And that's what the Lord was doing. He says, I'm telling you what my Father is saying. Verse 45 in Luke. But if the servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. Yeah, well, this isn't good. 
but unfortunately we do see this happening and I've personally experienced this in my walk with the Lord with close pastors and brethren that I've walked with. We can trace this back to the Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 34, starting in verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to you shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should you not shepherd and feed the flock? Jump to verse 8. But the shepherds feed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hands, and I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep. And the shepherds shall feed themselves no more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may no longer be food for them. This is where the shepherds are saying, Oh, the Lord's delaying in his coming. Right? Oh, my master's late. And he begins to beat and take advantage of the sheep. He's eating, he's drinking. He's Well, God was mad at the, at the shepherds, and he was having Ezekiel prophesy to them. You know, what they, they weren't giving them their portion in due season. Blessed is the servant whom his master finds doing. He'll make him ruler. So these are shepherds. God's made them ruler, and then all of a sudden, they're not doing it. They're, they're feeding themselves. You know, it's all about them. Verse 46, the master of that servant, it's interesting, it's changing from steward back to servant status. He's no longer ruler here. We'll come on a day when he is not looking for him, and an hour he's not aware, and we'll cut him in two and appoint him as portion with the unbelievers or the hypocrites. Well, we're seeing what the Lord is speaking that through Ezekiel, that he's saying, look, I'm going to come, and I'm, you know, you're no longer going to be steward. Well, we see in Luke 16, 1 through 13, the parable of the unjust steward. The Lord called him and said, you got to give an account because you can no longer be steward. What are you saying, Mark? I'm saying our status can change. If God promotes us, he's looking for faithfulness. But if we use that promotion for our own ends and for own self-glorification, self-seeking, self-promotion, and we stop feeding the flock of God, and start feeding ourselves and make it all about ourselves and what we're getting out of it, our status with the Lord can change. See, the master's coming on a day when he's not aware, he's not looking for him. Matthew 13, verse 12, For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whatever he does not have, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, if you're not faithful with, with what God is giving you, it will, it, it will evaporate, it will go away. Why? Because John tells us, the Gospel of John twelve thirty five, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtakes you. He who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going. To hold what God's giving you, the revelation of his word, you have to remain in the light. Otherwise, darkness comes over you, confusion comes over you, you forget. You forget his word, you forget who you are, you forget what you're doing. John eleven ten. but if one walks in the night, he stumbles, the light's not in him. Verse 47, and the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will, he shall be beaten with many stripes, but he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, he shall be beaten with few. So here it is, the servant, right, who knew his master's will, or then the one who does not know. So we have two people to you, you know, I'm making known, but to them I'm not. So it's not that the Lord's not revealing who he is, his lordship, what he did on the cross, 
you know, the forgiveness of our sins, removing the, the enmity out of the way between us and God, that he reveals to us. But to come in to know his will, to come in where God, where the Lord Jesus is revealing his Father's will from his heart to us, that's, that's beyond salvation. That's where we're moving through the servanthood into a stewardship status, into a rulership status. So there's consequences to what he's telling us. In Matthew 13, 11, he answered, said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. In other words, he's telling his disciples, he's letting them know, I'm telling you. So when the Lord comes and tells us things and reveals his will for our life, if we don't walk in him personally for our life, well, we will personally suffer the consequences of that. But if God is coming and revealing his will for his works, for his church and his people, that's a higher level of revelation. And if you're not faithful in that, yeah, the Lord is going to come and he's going to take it away. He's going to cut us in half. You know, he, he's letting us know there's consequences for leadership. John, you know, fifteen fifteen, a servant does not know what his master's doing, but we're in the friendship status. And I'm, letting, I'm telling you all the things I'm hearing from my father. I want that relationship. You want that relationship. We want to know. It's like we love the Lord, and we want to draw close to the Lord and have that that intimate, loving relationship. But you see, if we're selfish, if we remain self-centered and immature and spiritual babies, he'll just love us there because he knows. The Lord said, I have many things to, to, to share with you, but you're not ready for them now. You know, but in time, God continued to roll those things out to the disciples and brought back to the remembrance things that he said. So what the Lord wants to do is he wants to bring us into what he's doing in heaven, what, what Father's will is that he can make it known to us. But remember, if when we shift and move into that relationship, it's awesome, but it has a responsibility. That's really what I want to communicate. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed or entrusted of him, they will ask the more. You want more? Well, then more is going to be required. You're saying, Lord, you know, I'm committed. Commit yourself to me. Well, then he's going to say, I'm, I, I will have expectation of that. That's not salvation. People go, well, that sounds like works. It's like salvation's a free gift. You know, we can't, we can't work to get ourselves saved. But the Lord is working, and, and, you know, he's working on the planet. He's working through his church. But he needs faithful stewards that he can entrust, that he can make ruler over his household, that will provide the spiritual substance at the right time and the right season. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. But Christians, we go to the judgment seat of Christ, but we will be judged. See, professing Christians with knowledge of God's revelation will have to answer for their lack of response or for their response, good or bad. See, it it runs both ways. It's a two-edged sword. It's our business to know the Master's will. Knowledge and privilege always bring responsibility. What's that? To give them their, their portion of food in due season. And that's, that's the Lord reaching out. He's feeding his servants. He's ministering to his people. But he's looking for faithful steward leaders, rulers, 
that he can find that can that can dispense what he wants to give at the right time and the right place the way he wants to do it. Now, an interesting story, it's in Luke chapter 17. It starts in verse 7. Which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not, Jesus said. So likewise, verse 10, you, when you have done all those things you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. This one, the Lord's not girding himself and serving us. We're now girding ourselves and we're serving the Lord. The roles have changed. See, we are found faithful. Now we're in the service of God. And when the Lord comes, we are always girding and serving. See, in Luke 12, 35, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and come and serve them. Well, that's when we're born again. Like Paul said, you know, your babes desire the pure milk of the word. You know, that's when the Lord just comes. He holds us and we grow. And we need that. I mean, we can't skip that spiritual development. We all, And it's a great time. We all need to experience that. But you see, what's happening is the Lord is saying, look, start being like men. Gird your loins. Get your lamps burning. The story of Luke 17, we've been out working for the Lord. We've been serving the Lord. And we come in from the field. And the master comes, right? And we still have to prepare something for him. We have to gird ourselves and serve him. We are now in the service of the Lord. We're now busy about the Lord's business. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 17, For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, and that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. See, Paul went through this relationship. He entered into this stewardship. But you see, now he's doing it willingly. And that's where the Lord is moving us. Servant, steward, ruler, to willingness, and then ultimately where he's opening his heart to our heart with his church. Now, many of us may say, well, I'm not interested in the church. I'm just interested in my life. Okay, well, then you can maintain that relationship with the Lord. But we are all called to the ministry. We're all called, you know, he's given us, uh, you know, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher for the equipping of us to do the work of the ministry. And that's where we have to say, Lord, what, what is my work? What, what are, you know, what is it you would have me to do? And he's saying, well, let me take you through this process. Let's see if you're going to be faithful. The first thing you have to do is don't let the devil break back into your walk, break into your life and take you back into darkness and old patterns. Don't, you know, it's like that. You can't be doing that and then serving the Lord. Why? Because you'll hurt people. You know, you'll uproot what he's trying to plant. You'll be planting one day with the Lord and tearing it out the next. And then as we prove ourselves through this faithful stewardship, then he works us and opens up more and more and more to us. And this is what, this is Paul's life. Now, we're not all called to be apostles, but we're all called. We have a purpose. 
Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come into him and dine with him and him with me. In the Luke 17 story where the servant's out plowing and tending sheep and he comes in and then he has to serve the master, gird himself and serve, then he can eat and drink afterwards. Guess what? He's still having fellowship. He's still there with his master. We're still there with the Lord. We're going to find that when we come in from serving the Lord all day and then he wants to spend time with us and we're preparing something for him, we realize that's a real mature, proper role to be serving the Lord instead of him doing it for us. That's where we move into maturity. That's where we're serving the Lord. And even when he's coming, we're girding ourselves and we're serving him till he's satisfied, but we're still having fellowship with him. It's the right mature order of the relationship. The question is, will we be ready when he comes? Opportunity is not. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you'd like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in this podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button on the upper right corner. If you don't have a PayPal account, you can still use this link to give using your credit or debit card. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Thank you.